Welcome to the First Prez Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. Our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at firstprezcos.org. Jesus, there's no one like him. Friends, we're continuing in this Jesus series, and uh, hey, last week, if you were at the 11 o'clock service, you only got a glimpse of the River Jordan. You just got like a tiny little droplet but we want to give you the rest of the River Jordan. And so, uh, so if you were you know, missing that, uh, we were at the uh, River Jordan, Chris and I, and the, the, the folks from uh, First Pres. So we want to show you that video. It's just a minute before we dig into this week's scripture. Well, hey, First Pres, as we continue in the life of Jesus, from right here on the banks of the Jordan River, whether this is exactly where John the Baptist was baptizing, I can't tell you. Lots of sites would claim that. But this is the water where people were coming out to to be baptized. And one day, Jesus of Nazareth came out, and in front of all the crowd, he walked out to John the Baptist, and he knelt down in the water of baptism. And when he came up, they saw a dove descend from heaven, the Spirit of God, and they even heard a voice from heaven. It would have been something that everybody in the area would remember for the rest of their life. I want you to imagine the reality of this water, the taste of it, the feel of it, walking across slippery stones out to John the Baptist. This is the life of Jesus, the baptism of Jesus, a baptism that brings us new life. You see, what we're doing is we're trying to get into the life of Jesus in a way that gets us there, where we feel like we're there. We can taste it. We can, we can kind of see it, feel it. And uh, today we, we turn to another moment where Jesus is teaching the kingdom of God. I encourage you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to read to you Matthew 5, 1 to 17. And as we open the scriptures, let's open our hearts in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. Now it comes to us wherever we are, how you are ever present to us by your spirit to bring your word into our hearts that you, Jesus, can speak to us and we can hear you and love you and follow you. So open our hearts to hear your word today. In Jesus' name, the church said, Amen. I heard you out there. You said it. Matthew 5. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out, trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. 
Neither do people light a lamp and, and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. This is the word of the Lord. We're grateful. Amen. Teaching the kingdom. You are are part of a kingdom. You're actually part of many little kingdoms. You're part of a consumer kingdom. You know, in the consumer kingdom, your value depends on what you purchase and, and what you produce. You see, we're part of a consumer. There used to be this thing called the stock market, remember? It wasn't that long ago. And, and, and in that kingdom, uh, in that kingdom, you are a consumer. You're part of a political kingdom. And in the political kingdom, your value is that you pay taxes and that you vote. That's your value in that kingdom. You're part of a cliques kingdom. You know that, that kingdom that's defined by hearts and likes and shares and, and followers. You're part of that kingdom. You're part of many different kingdoms, large and small. Some of them uh, you chose. Some of them chose you. Jesus taught of a different kingdom. Of course, the primary, word of, the primary meaning of the word kingdom is, uh, is a place where there's a king. It's a place where there's rule, there's authority. In the ancient world, a lot of the, of the land was just wilderness. And so you can imagine passing through the wilderness until you came upon some marker that you might be entering a kingdom. Maybe it was a, a stone tower or a sign of some kind. And, and you knew that if I pass by this, I'm entering some kingdom where somebody thinks they have authority and I'm entering into their into their place, their, their authority and, and rule. It's kind of like when you, you pass through passport control or border security or something like that. Like you need to be aware of where you're walking because you walk one step this direction further and you are not in that kingdom anymore. You're in a new kingdom and you may have entered into a new nation. Well, As we take a look at the life of Jesus and we're giving ourselves this kind of outsider view, this kind of historical look, like if I were a reporter, what would I write down? One thing that everybody says about Jesus of Nazareth, this man in history, is that wherever he went, he taught about the kingdom of God. Early in his ministry, Jesus, seeing the crowds, he went to a place and he sat down and delivered news about another kingdom, not of this world. Well, I tell you, this is emotional to be standing here. I'm standing right in the spot where we believe that Jesus preached the most famous sermon that's ever been given in history, the Sermon on the Mount. And you can imagine thousands of people gathered listening to his voice and and trying to hear but they can't hear everything they get distracted as people do as people are making noises around them or the breeze is coming in or kids are are uh, are running around and they want to hear they're hanging on every word somehow through all of that they begin to catch the truth that there's a kingdom different from this world that there's a kingdom in heaven There's a power that's different from the powers of this world. And Jesus said right here, 
that there's a kingdom and that you're invited to be a part of it. See, it was a profound thing when Jesus opened his mouth to speak. There was a kind of authority to it. There was a kind of, of, a, of, a, of a difference making in it. Some people believe that this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, was over a period of two, three days. Other people believe that it was delivered as one message at one, at one time. And, and uh, either way, you know what you've got here is one of the most powerful messages ever delivered on the face of the earth, the Sermon on the Mount. And it inspired uh, well, it inspired so many things. It inspired kings. It inspired presidents. It, uh, it inspired Mahatma Gandhi to stand up for the poor. It inspired Martin Luther King Jr. to speak out for equality among races. This teaching of Jesus, in one way or another, became the basis for Western civilization as we know it. There are few pieces of oratory that have ever had such a profound effect on the world in which we live. And the people kind of knew, that. I mean, they sensed something was going on. Because when it came to the end of the sermon, they said, oh my gosh, there's an authority there that we've never experienced before. In Matthew 7, it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had, what? Authority. He had authority. And not as their teachers of the law. His authority wasn't borrowed from another. His authority was right there. There was this kind of divine self-authenticating power and authority when Jesus spoke. When his mouth opened, it reset everything. And you can see it in just the way that his sermon begins. He opens his mouth and he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are. Blessed are. Jesus says... I'll tell you what blessed is. And he starts to redefine it. And he doesn't set up, he doesn't defend his right to do it, or he doesn't try to construct uh, physical or otherwise any kind of platform for him to stand on to defend his voice and influence. He simply steps forward and he opens his mouth. And when he does, he changes reality. There's another dimension to life. There's another strata, another quantum level. There's, there's another level of existence and it breaks in. It breaks in right here where Jesus speaks. It's not the soil that he stands on, you see, that matters. It's where he is and where his voice goes out. It's Jesus himself. That's where this other way of life breaks in. Jesus himself the kingdom of God. And the rules are different in this other kingdom as Jesus starts to explain everything. But what I want you to see first, what I want you to understand and hold on to is just this reality that Jesus, Jesus taught that it was there. You know, just pause and recognize that Jesus stepped forward and said, this exists, the kingdom of God, a different dimension, a different strata. The, the world you live in and the rules you are living under are not the limits of human existence. There's another dimension, and it's breaking in. There's another way of life. There's another country to join in citizenship. There's another kingdom where you 
can belong, and it breaks in where Jesus speaks. Do you know what a terrarium is? Maybe you've got a terrarium nearby, wherever you're, you're worshiping right now. You know, terrarium, it's like an aquarium, but there's no aqua, there's no water. It's just terra, it's dirt and uh, sand, and, and there's, you know, a, a light on it to heat it all up and everything, a terrarium. Pastor John Ortberg out in California, the way he describes the kingdom of God is he says the kingdom of God is when the top pops off the terrarium. It's kind of like, you know, like at the, at the baptism when the heavens were opened. Now all of a sudden, I thought I was limited by these, these walls and, and by that heat light or whatever that's up there. I thought that this was just it. This, it's all enclosed here. No, no. When Jesus speaks, the top comes off. There's another dimension. There's a kingdom of God that's present. Jesus of Nazareth said he came to tell us about it. So as this man taught, he taught that there's a different kingdom, a different way, and and he turned things around. The world says, blessed are the wealthy, right? Blessed are the wealthy, for they will have all options available to them. They'll know where to buy toilet paper. (laughs) Jesus says it's different. Blessed are the poor, for they have a different kingdom in sight. We say blessed are those who are protected from harm, sanitized, insulated. Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. There's a different blessing in in knowing the actual embrace of God comforting us in our need when we are swamped by the pain of life. We say, blessed are the strong, the winners, for they will dominate in strength. Jesus says, blessed are the meek. We say, happy are those who live their life with no moral strictures. How fun it is to be someone who just does anything they want at any time with no twinge of conscience, no rules that they're worried about following. How fun, how fun. Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Those who long to walk God's ways, to feel life as God has intended it to be. Those those who long for God to put things right in the deepest, weightiest sense of that word. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. We say blessed are the conquerors, Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You start to get the sense, don't you, that it's about more than just turning things over. I mean, you look at the promises that Jesus makes on the back of each of these, what we call the Beatitudes, these these blessed are statements, and you, you see that Jesus isn't just talking about choosing a different way of life. He isn't just offering another choice for the way that you run your life in the world or another kind of ethical model that you might select. Jesus is doing more than that. He's saying things like, you'll see God. You'll know God's comfort. You'll inherit something from God. You'll be called children of God. Well, that's, that's more than citizenship. That's more than like an, an alternative passport to hold. That's family. Jesus talks about a, a kingdom that you enter where you have a relationship with God. 
It isn't just a choice of of running your life this way or that way. This is about being adopted by God. You will see God. You'll know God. You'll be loved by God. You'll love God. And you'll be named a member of his family. Well, people listening had a hard time wrapping their minds around that. You see, kingdom means soil. What is this kingdom that Jesus is talking about? Teaching delivers information. Information gives insight. And insight opens up new possibilities. Jesus spoke authoritatively and taught about the reality of the kingdom of God. And that started to make a change. People started to respond. As they started to think about this kingdom that Jesus was describing, their hearts started to respond to that and, and, and they started to think, you know, that sounds like that sounds like the life I've always wanted. That sounds like something that I've always wanted to be a part of. It sounds like the family that, that I always knew that I was meant to be in. That kingdom, it's starting to sound like home. A home that somewhere I left behind. And a home that I need to find again. Jesus said, you are this. I want you to catch this now. Jesus, the way that Jesus draws us in, he didn't say, now I want you to try to be more like this. No, he turned to them and he said, you are this. This is who you are. This is who you are. The the life that he invites us into, invites us into still, is not to try to be something we aren't, but to live into who we actually are. Stop pretending to be something else and actually become who you are, a child of God. So Jesus explained, you are. You are the salt of the earth. You're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be salty again? You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Well, what is he talking about? Salt. Salt preserves things, and it draws out flavors. And so he said, he said you who are, are part of this, who are in this kingdom, who are part of this family, you're salt, and you preserve. You're a preservative against the forces of rot and decay and corrosion in the world. And you know what else? You draw out. You draw out the flavors of God. And your light, your light, as my light shines on you and reflects out into the world, you are the light of the world. And what does the light do? Well, when you are in shadow, everything is gray. You can't see any colors. But when the light comes on, the colors come alive. And Jesus says, you are those who are bringing the God colors out of this world. Jesus saw his, his kingdom as salt and light and it wouldn't happen immediately. It wouldn't, it wouldn't happen straight away. Jesus described it like a seed that's going to grow, like leaven that's going to influence, but it would happen fully and completely in its time. That's the kingdom Jesus taught. And he said, he said, this is what the Bible was talking about all along. I've not come to abolish the law and the prophets, I don't think I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill, to fulfill all that God has been saying. Jesus taught the kingdom of God. 
but the people didn't get it. The Romans didn't get it because Romans thought of kingdom as soil and, and marked off by boundaries and roads and, and markers. And within that, that boundary, the weak, rule, uh, the weak are ruled by the strong, you see. So they didn't get it. And the Jewish people, Jesus' own people, they didn't get it. Because the kingdom that they were waiting for would bring a king who would throw the Roman oppressors out and restore them to their soil as they had been promised. They didn't get it. They couldn't see it. Jesus spoke of another kind of kingdom of which he would be another kind of king, bigger than soil, bigger than boundaries, bigger than nations, bigger than a philosophy or a way of life. A kingdom where you can be in relationship with God right now, wherever you are, you can enter into that relationship and be a part of that kingdom. But they didn't get it. It was controversial enough that the Jewish leaders had Jesus arrested and, and that the Roman leaders put him to death. When Pontius Pilate, the governor of Judea, had a minute with Jesus, you know what? It was this that, that he asked him about. He said, are you the king of the Jews? What is this kingdom? What does it mean? And there's this really interesting moment because Jesus kind of digs in to Pontius Pilate right there. Jesus, it's, it's all in John 18. Jesus turns to Pontius Pilate and he says, is that your own idea? Jesus asked. Or did others talk to you about me? You see, there was something in Pontius Pilate, there was something even in the heart of Pontius Pilate that was longing for this kingdom, that was looking for something, and Jesus knew that was there. And so he said, hey, why do you ask? What are you looking for, Pontius? You who, by the measure of this world, are winning at kingdom. You're winning at the kingdom game. Remember, blessed are the wealthy. Blessed are, are the strong. Blessed are the victors. Blessed are those who are separated out and, and are not going to be touched. They're protected. Pilate, you've got all of that. What are you still looking for? What are you missing? Have you asked for this? Jesus said to him, my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate sent him out to be beaten and shamed and, and to be disgracefully pinned to a cross. And when Jesus was pinned to the cross, Pilate ordered a sign to be made and, and nailed over his head. And the sign, it said, King of the Jews. Talk to me about the kingdom of God. Jesus taught it. He, he, he illustrated it. He told stories about it, parables about it. He told about it, the kingdom of God. It's not of this world, but it is available. So you're part of kingdoms. You're, you're in, invested in. You've got a citizenship in kingdoms of this world. And what I want you to know this morning is this. These kingdoms, they're not neutral. They're not neutral kingdoms. 
these kingdoms, they are they're little pockets of rebellion. You see, God is the maker and creator of all things. The only true kingdom is his kingdom. The only real rule is his rule. And these little kingdoms that you're participating in, they're rebellions, they're robberies, they're shadow kingdoms. And the longer you dwell in them, the longer you participate with them, the more the colors of life will go flat, the flavors of life will dissipate. The longer you're in the shadow kingdom, the more you will waste away. But tell me about the kingdom of God. Here is the best news about the kingdom of God. Here is the very best thing to say about the reality of the kingdom of God. It is available to you right now. Jesus has the power and authority to transfer you from the kingdom of darkness, from the shadow kingdoms, into his kingdom of everlasting life. And it can begin right now with a word. For he has, says the scriptures, rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Friends, I want to ask you where you sit today, is that true of you this morning? Can you say with this scripture, he has grabbed me, he has transferred me, he has pulled me out of the kingdom of shadows and into his kingdom of everlasting light? Is that true of you? I want you to know it can be. It can be. It can be true right now. It's not about going to Jerusalem, you see. It's not about the soil. It's about Jesus and your openness in your heart, to know him as Savior and Lord. The kingdom Jesus teaches, uh, who can enter the kingdom of God? You know, uh, like any kingdom, uh, the king gets to set the terms of entry. You know that? The king sets the terms of who can enter the kingdom. And who is the king? The king is Jesus. And Jesus says, come to me. Open your heart to me. Believe in me. Rest in me. And I will carry you out of the shadow kingdom and into the kingdom of everlasting light. That's Jesus. Friends, I tell you, I've been reading uh, stories um, uh, of the work that God has done and people in this church and how God moved into their life, testimony stories that we have that we share around as a staff. And, and I've got to tell you, God is doing amazing things to change people's lives. And the kingdom of God, it's available right where you are. You don't have to be in this room. Wherever you're seated, the kingdom of God is never far from you. You might be a titan of industry at the top of your game, the top of your wealth, the greatest you've ever been, had every, all power, all security, everything you ever dreamed, more money than you ever dreamed. And you might, like Pontius Pilate, still find that that need in your heart for something more, you can enter the kingdom of God. You might be lying in a tent on a dirt floor, uh, suffering homelessness, unsure of your future, unsure of your tomorrow, unsure of how you might be provided for. You can enter the kingdom of God. 
It's right there, available to you. It is never far from you. It is only a word away. Let me tell you, you might be uh, lying in a cot in prison, uh, uh, bottomed out, drunk, watching the ceiling spin and thinking to yourself, I wonder how much damage this second or third DUI is going to cause to my career, to my family, to the people I love. Lying right there, sick in your choices. The kingdom of God is open to you. You can enter. The kingdom is only a word away. Only a word away. When you are racked in anxiety and sleepless nights, worried about your life and what it will be, worried about what you face tomorrow and what, what may come your way, the kingdom of God is only a word away. It's right there. And that word that gateway, that opening, that passage, that power to transfer that word. That word is Jesus. And you call out to him. You call out the name of Jesus right where you are. You turn and you open your heart to him. You allow him to come into your life and you say, Jesus, I want your kingdom. I want life as you've directed it. I want the colors of life that you've created, the flavors of life that you have blessed and sent our way. I want life not in the shadow kingdom where I'm in charge of trying to make something that isn't fully there. I want to be in your kingdom where my life belongs to you and you make me a reflection of your glory. One word away. Jesus. Lord, I pray right now for everyone in the sound of my voice, worshiping wherever we are all gathered, Lord, wherever you have us. I pray for everyone, Lord, that we would have the courage to open our hearts and to call on the name of Jesus, to know that the kingdom is one word away. It is very present, never far. And that wherever we are, we can know forgiveness and grace and mercy and everlasting life because of the name of Jesus. So Lord, give us courage to put your name on our lips, to cry out to you as Savior and Lord. And Jesus, hear every prayer and come and renew. May right now be a moment of eternal salvation. May this moment right now be a time when someone's life is changed forever and the power of God once again transfers from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. May it be so. May it be so. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the First Prez Podcast. If you would like more information, you may visit our website at firstprezcos.org.